For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Somebody that is already all decked out in Other Side of Midnight uh, paraphernalia, which you can get at Other Side of Midnight at the uh, Other Side of Midnight store at wabcradiostore.com, is the co-anchor of Fox and Friends, the host of the nationally syndicated Brian Kilmeade host and the uh, show, and the host of One Nation on the weekends. He also happens to be in his spare time a New York Times best-selling author, Brian Kilmeade. Hello, Brian. So is this a store I could walk into? I mean, is it is it like next to a CVS and, and a Dick's Sporting Goods? <laughs> it's can a, I walk into another? I'm going to say it's all digital, Brian. So you can uh, you can oh. you can check it out. Uh, I have a feeling you're going to be very pleased with some of the merchandise we're offering. Well, no, I, I'm sure I would. I just question the timing. Now that the holidays are over, <laughs> now you roll out a store? I mean, do you understand that people shop before Christmas? I hear you, Brian. Uh, I, I couldn't compete with all those uh, sales of the President and the Freedom Fighter. Uh, the, oh, okay. Our audience has a finite amount of disposable income, right? But if people do Did want to check it out, that. they can go to store.othersideofmidnightshow.com. All right. Now it makes uh, sense. There's a lot to get to uh, in the news, Brian. Uh, let, let, this situation with the migrants. You have been uh, all over this, both the cost, uh, the issue in terms of the busing, and now it's become a crime issue as well because we're seeing an uptick in crimes in New York, which as a city, let's face it, that didn't exactly need an uptick in crime, committed by some of these migrants that were bussed here and are being, um, being housed here. Where do you see this going, Brian? Number one, I had Police Commissioner Ryder on and Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman to talk about the arrest in Garden City uh, because it's so much more than four illegal immigrants in a 2006 BMW taking over 12,000 worth of shoplifted goods with them. Because it turns out, I didn't know this existed, there's a South American, uh, basically, crime ring. They come in here. These guys came in July. They're being housed for free in a New York City hotel. They have enough money to go get a BMW, unregistered, by the way, uh, and drive through. They knew where to go. Garden City, one of the nicest places on Long Island, always will be. And they knew exactly where to go to get where the money was and what to get. And when they got them, they, they said, okay, they basically gave their names and where they came from, everything. And they could not be arrested. They could not be deported. They got an appearance ticket for Tuesday. And drum roll, please, they didn't show. So I'm, listening to, I'm looking at the police commissioner of Nassau County, and he knows the rise in crime has everything to do with these illegals. We know they're creating havoc in New York City where we work, and we're just bystanders. And I, I just find this intolerable. If you told me five years ago this would be the case, I'd say, no, you know, maybe for a week, maybe for a month. That's been the policy. Uh, it's you. You shake your head at, at a lot of this stuff. It's just, it's just crazy, and it's incredibly sad. I did enjoy your interviews on both uh, radio and television with the former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. 
Um, uh, tomorrow, I won't pin you down on this. I- I'm gonna I'm gonna ask who Mike Pompeo is kidding when he says that uh, there's no no aliens or UFOs. But I won't pin you down on that, Mike, because uh, uh, Brian, because we know you're hear him say that. very Sorry. very close to the uh, the deep state and all. But um, M- Mike Pompeo is uh, generating a lot of controversy with some of the things that he's written uh, in this new book of his. Um, where do you see the Pompeo for president balloon going? He seems to certainly have an interest in running. Now, maybe he's kind of stoking the flames to sell a book, but it seems like he's got an interest in uh, in possibly running in 2024. Do you think he takes the plunge? Well, listen, I mean, he's building out a resume. Is the type of person you want as president. Uh, you know, the CIA director, extreme conservative, understands local politics, then he understands national politics on the Select Intelligence Committee. Number one is class at West Point. Of course, you got to serve for five years after. Uh, knows what it's like post-Cold War. Was in West Germany, turns into Germany. So he understands it. Then he gets the CIA experience. This was by far uh, the best experience of his life. Loved being Secretary of State at a very consequential time when the Abraham Accords get done. Uh, and also, I like the deferential. He's not saying, look at me, look what I did, ever. He's saying in that, in that West Point fashion, this is what we did. This was my interaction. You could decide what role I played. So I love that. I, I, he's very confident. And I, I don't know, he was on Gutfeld. He was on Outnumbered. And he's doing something that they want Ron DeSantis to do, too. You should, you're competent. You're extremely bright. Show me you got personality. And he's laughing, you know, not laughing at Khashoggi's murder, but he's showing a lighter side to him. He's also not afraid of Trump, likes him, understands he's a challenge, accepts him. And it reminds me of this. And I don't even know if I said it on the air or off the air. But if you're in the New York Yankees in the 1980s and Reggie Jackson walks in the locker room and he's totally different than Thurman Munson and all the others uh, that make and Craig Nettles and all the guys that make up those Yankees. But, man, is he good. Yeah, he talks about himself in the third person. He demands all this attention. He's not like us. But, man, if we want to win a World Series, we need him around. we got to learn to live with him. And he looked around and said, you know, he's got these great qualities. I could work with Trump. And I could deal with him. And I'll, I'll deal with him flat out. And, and when you say, I'm going to abandon the Kurds, Mr. President, let me just tell you the other side of that. I'm not going to run to the Washington Post and say the president's crazy and volatile and he needs to be thrown out like other people in the administration. But at the same time, that's the exact opposite of which he is. He's Mr. Discipline. He's uh, very formula-oriented. So I'm seeing him smile and I'm laughing, and I think you're crazy to dismiss him. I think he's got enough money behind him to last. But I also think my guest on Saturday, my lead guest, is Tim Scott. Mm. And I've talked to people around him. Frank, he's running. I'm telling you, he's running. You know, it's so funny that you you say that because you've heard so many other people uh, mention Glenn Youngkin, Ron DeSantis, Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence, Donald Trump, Nikki Haley. I was interviewing uh, Michael Medved, certainly an astute observer of, uh, of politics for a long time the other day. I asked him, who do you think is the most electable Republican in the uh, 2024 field for the general election? And the, he, without hesitation, said Tim Scott. Yeah, I mean, he, he absolutely is. What I, I'm afraid about is he's actually too good a person. And I worry on the personal attacks if, um, I mean, he's tough. He'll, he'll kick your head in if, in a bar fight, no doubt about it. But in the, when it comes to the personal attacks, I don't know if he might say, I don't need this. 
You know, he actually thinks as though I don't need to be president, but I think if it's best for the country, I will. And I think that Governor Sununu said the same thing. He goes, I really don't want to be president. But if I look at my party, he's very Republican, and I don't think they have somebody who can win overall, can win, that understands moderates and Democrats like he does in New Hampshire, understands limited government, uh, I would probably do it. But I actually talked to him. We went to Del Frisco's the other day last week after just to – he never gets to New York, so I wanted to talk to him often. Me and Martha McCallum went with Chris Nunu across the street, and we just talked. And it's one of these people like, yeah, I really don't want the headache. I have a great life now. Uh, but I would do it if I felt as though the party was without somebody that could win the general. I don't care about the nom- – if you can win the nomination can't win the general, I, I don't think you should get the nomination. And that's where Republicans got to be smart enough to elect somebody like that. So that, that's the attitude. When you need to be president, that's really not why that position was created. Well, do you, do you think Trump uh, – there was some polling yesterday that in a head-to-head matchup, he actually looked pretty good against Biden. Do you think really that Trump good. is electable in, general, in a general election? Not unless he has another act. And the act is what I've been seeing lately when he went out with True Social and said – yeah, when Mike Pence said, yeah, I got some classified documents. By the way, you know what they were? Back, it looks like they were backgrounders before meeting with uh, world leaders. Mm-hmm. Certainly not, you know, certainly not some diabolical plan, but you could see that could happen. Going to uh, go meet with Netanyahu. Uh, what's the latest? Uh, here's the problem. Here's his opposition. Here's his chance at reelect. Here's what he's sensitive about. Go. And he kept it. For some reason, it stayed in his paperwork. So he kept it, and he said, listen, come get it, and they did. So uh, when, Trump, when Trump went out and said uh, he is extremely honestly Malone, he's never said uh, he's never knowingly did anything wrong in his life. I'm like, OK, that's that's a guy that understands how loyal Pence was with him for five years, because people don't like when you go after Pence. Sure. They don't like when you go after DeSantis. Um, he just doesn't. Yeah. So if he shows if he shows if he shows me some game, Frank, that he has something besides the hammer. Can you give me some subtlety? Yeah, and listen, things are looking good for him. He's beating DeSantis by 25 points, but remember, Hillary was crushing Obama early on, too, until they actually went head-to-head. So if you discount Donald Trump, you're just not paying attention, or you just hate him so much you can't face reality. The You mentioned the classified document issue. At the rate that we're going, uh, they're going to find classified documents in every single one of the homes that Jimmy Carter has built for Habitat for Humanity. Um, we have every day. It seems like somebody else right. has uh, classified documents. What do you see the uh, Pence revelation meaning for uh, both the Biden and Trump investigations? And do you think that we have a problem with overclassification in this country? It seems to be. But until I know what was in the Biden's papers, until I know what was in the Trump papers, until I, you know, we have an idea of Pence and we see how many other people come forward. But uh, one of the stories that I'm really blown away with today that I'm going to focus on is that yesterday Warner and Tom Cotton had um, equal outrage that the White House simply said no. When asked, we need to see what's in those documents. So we under, we're the Select Intelligence Committee. We're not going to leak. So can we need to see what the document? You know what they said? No. He said that, and Warner came out and said, we saw the most sensitive Russian documents during the Russian investigation possible during the Trump years. Don't tell me we can't see this stuff, some of which dates back to his years in the Senate. So tell me what you had. What do you mean no? That no is not an option. 
So that this is going to be a huge standoff. So uh, when you say where is it overclassified, I'd love to see some stuff that isn't classified. Mm. You know, uh, birthday. You know, pictures of birthdays, or or I'd love to see you know um, uh, Sandlot baseball news or, and stuff. When I start seeing that, yeah. But right now, all I know is shouldn't be classified. Well, could you tell me what it is? You know, and then can we have a bipartisan look at this, or do people just want to make sure things are classified that might make them embarrass them? NFC Championship game, uh, 49ers and Cowboys, uh, AFC Championship, you got uh, the, the Chiefs and, uh, and the Bengals. How do you see things playing out? Uh, well, you know, the Eagles host the 49ers. Oh, Eagles. I'm and, sorry. <laughs> of yeah. course, last week, I, I'm all the most complete team. Right. As much as uh, I'm in uh, awe with the Chiefs to the Giants, I think the best team in football are the 49ers. Even with their unheralded quarterback, who has yet to lose, which is one of the one of the great stories. You thought Kurt Warner was great. I know Kurt Warner came from Arena Football, and that's always going to be a story that's movie worthy. And he got him into the Hall of Fame. But Brock Purdy, mm. last player taken to the draft, wearing street clothes on the sideline until he's asked to start and goes undefeated. If he gets this team to the Super Bowl, uh, I think that if if any team can go on the road and beat the Eagles, I think it's going to be the 49ers. So my prediction. For the third time in history, the 49ers play the Bengals in the in the Super Bowl. And I think it sells. I think people will love it. It is interesting that this uh, the remaining playoff picture seems to be dominated by younger quarterbacks, which is uh, kind of the opposite of what we've seen with the exception of uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl that he was in. Uh, we have seen kind of older quarterbacks dominating the Super Bowl picture the last few years. Yeah, I mean, it, it is definitely a changing of the guard, except for Tom Brady. I mean, half the Tom Brady's teammates are broadcasters or eligible for the Hall of Fame. It's unbelievable that we see all these generate from Randy Moss on down. We see these generations watching Amendola on Special Forces on the reality show on Fox, which is awesome, by the way. It's, everyone should watch. And I'm like, wait a second. You guys were all winning Super Bowls with Tom Brady, and the guy is still playing. So outside uh, – you know, there really is a changing of the guard. There's, there's Aaron Rodgers, there's Brady, and then there's this new generation of really great quarterbacks. And I think we're going to see it because we've done such a great job, or the NFL has done such a great job protecting the quarterbacks, they got a chance to actually scan the field and survive. <laughs> Those days of just knocking out quarterbacks for a year and a half, like Leonard Marshall did to Joe Montana, and, was, and you know, Tarkington was crushed by Coy Bacon of the Cincinnati Bengals, and that was it for him. Uh, you know, you see all these stories, and, you know, by the end of Don, Dan Marino's career, 36 years old, he was going to go to the Vikings because I'm just a mess. I can't do it. Mm. We're just not seeing hits like that anymore because we're protecting them. So you're seeing a cerebral position. So I think a lot more records are going to fall uh, in the years to come. And well, why, even Brock Purdy, watch him scan the field. I'm thinking to myself, how does he learn that? And I think they're doing a lot of the virtual reality training with these uh, goggles. I think that these camps are so sophisticated now that the Mannings run that you really got players, these quarterbacks, that really understand the game at a level they never really could or had to in, in previous years. Yeah, so I'd say uh, I think this is going to continue be continue to happen. Uh, Brock Purdy, twenty three years old. It's incredible that he has this kind of poise on the football team uh, on the football field. It's really incredible. Brian, uh, we'll be w- watching you on Fox, listening on radio. What can we look forward to today? Oh yeah, we got uh, we got Johan Hari. He talks about uh, getting our focus back, how how we're distracted on a daily basis, and how to do it. Do you know, for example, Frank, if I'm talking to you and you got text and you looked down and then looked up and continued our conversation, 
on average, it takes 23 minutes to get back your level of focus. Wow. And that's what these iPhones and things have done. You've got to check this guy out. He's got he's TED Talks. He's got a brand new uh, uh, book out. Uh, Mark Thiessen will be unwinding a lot of things we just discussed today, including Donald Trump getting back on Facebook. Uh, David Bonson inside the uh, economy. And Jason Chaffetz on the stiff arm that uh, Comer's getting when he asked for the bank records of President Biden mm. and Hunter Biden. They said, no, I don't think so. That's really never happened before. <laughs> so we'll discuss that uh, as well as uh, the border. Uh, this whole uh, uh, there's 28 states suing the federal government for this new parole system where in your country we pick you up and fly you in so you don't have to walk to the border. Can you believe that? Flying people in without the governor's permission from their respective countries. So that's got to stop, obviously. And that uh, hopefully it'll be a great show that everyone wants to watch. And uh, Matt Taibbi is going to be on this weekend uh, with Tim Scott amongst our uh, great guest. Really? And, uh, so uh, we'll do, what, what is Matt Taibbi uh, going to be talking about, the Ukraine situation? Well, he's going to be talking about his Elon Musk calling him up and saying, oh. take a look at the Twitter files. Uh, well, and he was, just, he was supposed to be on last week. And he said, I just got a call from Elon. They want me out in San Francisco. So we went out. So what he's been able to unwind. Now, keep in mind, he is a guy that wrote The Clown President. Does Not a Trump fan. Right. Big no, journalist. He's a progressive. He's in Russia for yeah. Yeah, 11 years. And he can't believe what he's seeing. He can't believe what has been done with the FBI, Twitter, what that, to, that went out just to stop Trump and all conservatives. They would plot and plan against him. And there was a group formed called Hamilton 68 with Mike Morrell, with uh, John Podesta, as evil as it gets, and with two other people whose names elude me right now, who would go out and shadow and, and insist on shadow banning certain conservative thought or get them trending in the other way. Every time a conservative would trend, they would say they would get it uh, looked at as Russian bots. Wow. And they say Russian bots are promoting conservatives and therefore shadow ban them. I am looking this forward to a sophisticated to, effort. I'm looking forward to that conversation. Matt TV is one of my favorites. Brian Kilmeade, see him on TV, see him on radio. If, uh, if you're awake, chances are he's on somewhere. Brian, thanks so much as always. All right, go get him. Thank you. 15 seconds of fame in a moment. Eight, be heard on any subject for 15 seconds. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight.